This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. Welcome to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. It's the third one today. <laughs> no, third, this is the third take. No, you're not kidding. Yeah, a lot of people would uh, really be interested to know exactly how what goes into making this show. We just repeat everything over and over until we get it right. Because Dillner messes up. Yeah, well, there's a lot of reasons. All right. We're on pointy fingers. We have uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, Mike. Yeah, we do. I mean, listen, you're now a New York Times bestseller. I know we're going to talk about that. I know we're going to talk about the foundation event, Driven to Give. There's a lot of impactful moments. But the one thing that everybody's dying to know, and a question we must answer today, is would Dale Jr. have done to Martin Truex what Joey Logano did? At Martinsville on Sunday. Yeah. We're going to ask it. You're going to answer it. That's what's up. All right. We got a lot to talk about. I'm excited. Let's get started. The 2017 champion. Look at the bumper. Yes, yes, he does. does. Here comes Legato. Legato on the inside. A train race. All right, man. You heard it all right there. All the action going on from Martinsville. Martin Truex Jr. upset. Uh, mm. If you saw the interview, great interview. Yeah. Yeah. Parker Klingerman, you know, brought that out. He did. Yeah. He, he was great. You know, I never knew how much the guy doing the interview had a role in getting the interview. Yeah. You know, I mean, I understand huh. he's got to ask the questions, yep, yep. but sometimes when you get a driver, especially when they're upset like that, the persistence to get the driver to talk, the ability to get Martin to talk in that moment, he's so mad. He really didn't want to talk. And then once he got to talking – he got everything out that he wanted to say. That was really only because Parker was persistent. And two, Parker was asking him questions in a way that made Martin comfortable to talk, right? Yeah, didn't there's piss, an art to that. Yeah, he didn't piss Martin off even more or annoy Martin with his questions. Because you've seen drivers, when they're mad, Kyle Busch, other guys, get easily annoyed by the question because they feel like it's a dumb question. Like, you're asking me a dumb question right here. And so we had a great gif of Kyle Busch doing his eye roll uh, from <laughs> Bristol. Uh, when he got his question from Marty, and I thought that was great. But Parker did a good job. What he what he did best was he asked for more information. So when Martin said he ain't going to win a championship, Parton asked, well, what does that mean? Are you yeah. going to get him yeah. back? Are, Are you retaliating? Yeah. You know, he, didn't, he wasn't satisfied with just that. He but went he for asked more. him in a way that it wasn't like, you know, it did piss Martin off worse to where Martin shut up and, you know, blew him off. Parker uh, has a – has a real good ability, even in his young career, to do that. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Most people get nervous in that situation, and he didn't. So that or I think just that's the equally key. as uh, yeah. and equally as annoyed. I think. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cause, you know they're doing a job. It's weird. It's it's so weird being on this side of it now. I feel like I I, I had it totally wrong as a driver. <laughs> I really did. I had it totally wrong. The way I thought as a driver was completely asinine on some on many accounts. <laughs> Um, because you don't think about it when the when the guy comes up to ask you a question, he is trying to do a damn job too, man. And you don't even think about that. You're sitting there thinking about you, 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 you. What happened to me? I'm mad, or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. How can you ask me that? I'm in the center didn't, of the world right now. Didn't you see it? Yeah. <laughs> you all, you just watched it. You just saw it. Yeah. yeah. You and everybody else. Yeah. What a dumb question. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can alone. do this job. Leave me alone. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go to my helicopter and my jet. <laughs> Leave me alone. That's it. That's it. I'm going to go to the bus. Yeah, I'm going to my motor coach. It so, sells for a million dollars. 
<laughs> well, it sells for one four, and immediately you oh. drive it off the lot, <laughs> and it's a million. Uh, yeah, yeah, you drive yeah. it off the lot, and it's worth about four hundred thousand. <laughs> Nobody said all this stuff, by the way. This no, is this is all <laughs> hypothetical. <laughs> this is not what Martin said. Um. Anyways, I thought Martin's interview was great, man. Just I, I I could go on and on and on. We can. Race was good. Martinsville always delivers short track racing. Just love it. Knew we were you know in for something cool. Same thing we saw last year. With uh, with the 11 of Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott. Saw some more of that this year. I was just really surprised that Martin drove him as clean as he did. Yes. I was like, you. come on, Martin, quit being so clean. I've told Martin that. Last year, same race. Was it two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Busch wins the race. I remember I, it was at Martinsville. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, Martin, why didn't you race him harder? And he's like, my, I'm on, you know, my, my, my mission is XYZ. I ain't, I've asked him before. He's a gentleman. Yeah. Why did you run so clean in that particular race? Man, damn, you know. Because Martin is a outdoorsman, he's a hunter, he's tough, he's rugged. Uh, you hear that? I mean, the interview that you saw him give Parker is Martin Trex Jr. That's him. That's him when he's mad, right? <laughs> he doesn't even remember what he said. I asked him afterwards later, later that night, and he doesn't even remember what he said to Parker. Really? Yeah, he's so mad. He's that hot. Right? So that's really Trex. But he races differently. He, he talks like Earnhardt, races like Mark Martin. I, <laughs> exactly. I told him that. I said, man, you got to talk like Earnhardt and drive like Earnhardt. <laughs> the thing I loved about his interview and his reaction was that it brought to light the ultimate dilemma that all you drivers have, and that is, how do you race people? How do you want to be? Uh, how do you want to know? Because there's repercussions to every. Yeah. Th- there's consequences to everything. You can race aggressively, but there's consequences to yeah. that. And there's also racing clean, and you're probably going to give up wins. Yeah. There's consequences to that. And so I don't think neither is wrong. But it's the ultimate dilemma that now Joey had to basically decide. Do I get into Homestead? Yes. I don't think anybody – how could you disagree with him? But do you do so and run the consequences of having somebody basically put a target on you and, and ensure you that you're not going to win a championship? It's a dilemma that nobody would want to see themselves. And yet I think it's drivers and yourself – you know, people. I will w- tell you this. Go ahead. All right. So if you don't feel if you don't, if you think that you race around all season long without a target on your back you you're dreaming. I mean this this is a cutthroat sport. This is going to happen in any race, any any time, last corner, last lap. You know, there's a rule, uh, unspoken rule that you know, you can move a guy as long as you don't put him in the wall, you don't wreck him out of the race. Using the bumper to get a guy up the up the racetrack, which is what the 22 did is totally cool. Yeah. In stock car racing. Bumping run, and, not the dumping run, yeah. right? Most, I think that most all the race car drivers out there would have raced Martin. I mean, would have raced Logano clean. It's 10 to go. It's 5 to go. It's 7 to go. Whatever. 4 to go. 3 to go. They would have raced as clean as they possibly could have without, you know, really just running over the 22. Mm-hmm. Everybody would have. When I've been in that situation before, I, guys, guys don't drive up to you and just jump you with five laps to go. That only happens on that last lap. That last restart, one you know, green white checker coming to the white flag, turn one and two, turn three and four, whatever it is. That's when the bumper's coming out. Every other driver in the field is probably going to race pretty similar to the way Martin raced that 22. But pretty much every other driver in the field, I think, would put the bumper to you in the last corner. And and forget about it being for the playoffs and going to Homestead and all that. It's for a clock. It's for a win. It's for a trophy. Wins are hard to get. Wins don't come every week. If I owned the car and I didn't, my guy didn't try to move him out of the way or try something, I would be a little disappointed. I, I would be mad. Getting moved out of the way on the last lap is no fun. Right. You worked your ass off to get by the guy. You did it the right way, and you you got every right to be pissed. But, damn it, if I own that 22, I want him to try something. I want to win the race. I don't care if it's for the 
you know, going. it's even better that it's going to Homestead. But even if it's for the fifth race of the season, I want to win, you know. So there's no right or wrong. There's no – nobody did anybody dirty. Well, right. I think there is a wrong, but Joey didn't do it. He, there's no it, right it, or wrong in what happened. Truex finished third. He didn't dump. He didn't get dumped. He, yeah. He, he got moved out. I mean, he protected Truex in that manner. I think Joey actually did it perfectly, if you think about it. Truex had the faster car. At the end, right? Yeah, the preferred group. And and, and and he had everything, and, and yet Joey still, like if Joey doesn't get him on that last lap and last turn, you know, Martin probably pulls away and where Joey doesn't even have an opportunity. Joey held him off long enough to be able to set up that move. I thought it was masterful, and he still protected Martin and the fact that Martin still finished third and didn't end up on a rollback. Yeah. I agree. I th- Most people must understand that, by the way, Most, and I think they do. I think they do. I was talking to some race fans, and they all they all said the same thing. They said they thought it was dirty, but they had done the same thing. Right, <laughs> and I think the boos that Joey had probably were uh, not Those are lingering from other things that have but, happened to Joey in his career. Or just an unfavorable result since most people probably wanted Martin to win that race, and so therefore you boo. I yep. mean, right, I mean, that's fair. Yep. That's fair. What I love about it is three races in the last few years at Martinsville, and we have seen a – environment that we all love from short track racing where it's just explosion of 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 just emotion uh because of something happening on the track and that's freaking awesome yeah so i want to get your response to this though. any good drive any good race car driver hates to lose martin had every right to be angry but every good race car driver probably more than likely would have done exactly what joey did it's exactly what we hope i mean we hoped would happen yes Everybody wanted a great, dramatic finish. I mean, you might not like the guys who prevail or the guy who pulls it off. Right. Uh, but you got what you went for. Right. And if and if you went there looking for a clean race, I don't know that you know Martinsville all that well. Yeah, go to Kansas. Don't yeah. go to Martinsville. Go to Kansas. Don't go to Bristol. <laughs> go to Kentucky. <laughs> go to Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Real but, clean. So, so people, when they were asking would Dale Spotless. Jr. done the same thing, some people drew to the race where you, um, where Harvick passed you yeah. late and said Jr. wouldn't have bumped him. Jr. I tried. Would have done. Right, well, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, Jr. would have absolutely tried to win that Dude, race. Dude, I tried to hit Harvick. His bumper was so destroyed by that point <laughs> in the race that when I went to run into him, it was like stepping in a bucket of water. I mean, it didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> I tried to hit him and nothing was there to hit. I was hitting. I was trying to push him up the racetrack. You damn right, I would have done the same yeah. thing. I thought that same thing though until I heard you explain that right there. Yeah, because I was like, you thought Why didn't he damn you plow did. into his ass? I tried. You thought Junior I was would gonna, not do it. Huh? This is it. I didn't want to hit him so hard he spun out because it's easy to spin a guy yeah. out at, at Martinsville. Ask Denny Hamlin. Yeah, and so. I wanted to hit him hard enough just to move him up, just like the 22 did. But when I went to give him that shove, I only have one shot at it. Yeah. And I went and pushed him that little bit, and his his bumper just for, sort of fell in, caved in because it was so you know banged up already. There was no bumper bar or anything left. And so once I did that, he gassed it up and took off, and I couldn't get back to Bye-bye. it. And so listen to this. I've been the nice guy. There's a lot of those moments in my career that I certainly regret. I mean, of course, you know, you you relive every race that you didn't win, what you could have done differently, what you should have done. There's moments when I know, oh, if I'd have been more aggressive, or I could have run over the guy, you know. And, you know, it's just, uh, so when I see Martin doing that, I'm like, Martin, come on, no, don't yeah. do this again, you know. Don't do this, Martin. He's got, he's got every opportunity in... <laughs> In the world to be that guy that roughs people up and people like it. Remember what Dale Earnhardt used to do? Yeah. Rough people up. Now people booed it, some yeah. of them. But a lot of people that liked liked Dale Earnhardt wanted mm-hmm. Dale Earnhardt to do that, right? Yeah. And Martin has that persona to me. He has 
the competitive race car. He has the lifestyle. He's blue collar. Yeah. He he came. He made his. He's self made. Uh, That's true. He's got all the ingredients, you know, to be, uh, you know, that style of driver. Working man's hero. Yeah, it's be. gonna get. Hey, I'm gonna put some donuts on my car. You know, that's how I race. And he goes out there and he's just like taking care of everybody. I'm like, what? Well, who is this guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we may see I, that or that Martin that you're looking for. We may see him flare up here. Well, that's in the, the next thing. Couple weeks. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I'm afraid. I, I, I bet that he calms down. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I think really? he will. I, I think he will. Right? Here's the deal. If you look at it, nine times, excuse me, 9.9 times out of 10, maybe even 10 times out of 10, what has he done? He has not had that reaction. Like a Matt Kenseth had that reaction. Yeah. Okay, which we've seen that out of Matt. We've hmm. never really seen that out of Martin, it's so great. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I think if Martin had been able to get to him, if there would have been another lap, certainly Martin. If he'd done it one and two. Martin <laughs> probably would have wadded him up. Yeah. But so you're if, saying- if you give Martin three weeks, Martin's going to calm down and go there and go, I'm putting the blinders on. I'm coming here to win a championship. I'm not even thinking about the 22. I'm not even. What if he's about not it. in the championship hunt though? Not. I, I don't. Huh. Know. So you're saying there's no way Martin would ever do any retaliation at Homestead. <laughs> Never. I dare you. No, you're not daring. No, I don't. I, <laughs> <laughs> I Double think, dog. Dare I don't you. think it's out of the question. I just feel like Martin's personality and his past history would say that Martin is going to. Calm down, think about it, go run a couple more races, try to get his ass into Homestead, which he probably will. Then once he gets to Homestead, try to win it. He's going to go, I need to think about everything yes. that I need to do to win Homestead. Or, That's true. And not, I'm not thinking about this 22. That's not helping me win Homestead. Trying to screw yeah. him ain't helping me. That's right. That's need, right. You know, now he he is out. He'll have the opportunity to maybe snooker him on a restart or something like that, but not going out. More there likely, they'll be around each other. Yeah. Th- th- you bring they? up you bring up a good point because if your motive is to go in there and ruin it for somebody else, you are not likely to go win it yourself. No. Yep. And you are also more likely to hurt yourself. Hurt, yeah, you're going to let somebody else win it. Uh, well, hurt yourself even cosmetically. I mean, like if you're going to literally go try to spin somebody out, then you're now running the risk of being caught up in something that's not worth it. Yeah. You don't get satisfaction out of I that. I think Martin maybe may, I think Martin may be saying he's not going to go spin him out. Martin would never spin him out. Martin would run him hard, make it hard for him to get by. Hold, you know, do everything he could to make it a difficult night. He would probably never pun a guy or fence a guy. But if he can pinch him down off the corner and or, you know or, or hold him up somehow, make it hard on him because it's hard. You know, it's hard to pass these guys up front. You saw it. You Martin, oh, had, yeah. to, Martin had to work for what seemed like ten damn laps to get by that twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. So Martin can do the same thing at Homestead, right? Yeah, he could. He Say could. the twenty-two has a faster car late in the race and the eighteen's leading and Martin's running second and he's not as fast as the eighteen, but the twenty-two is. Martin can hold that twenty-two up if he wants. Yep, yep. could do it. Instead of, you know, I was expecting to. Did Joey Logano, we're all talking about Martin Truex Jr. and his reaction and Martin this and Martin that. Did Joey, Joey ran the perfect last lap, really? Well, I'm glad you asked this. One thing I liked about what Joey did is uh, he owned it. He said, hey, he got out of the car and said, I did it. That's how I race. Homestead. That's That's all I'm thinking about. But he said that. He said, y'all seen me run before. Y'all know that's how I race. He said that in an interview. I thought, well, all right. You know, he ain't getting out and going, you know, I hate it I for got, Martin. He, I feel bad. He got loose. <laughs> he got loose, and I, I, I got in there, and it was just a, it was a well, too deep. deep. Man, you know, I hated to do it. Yeah. No, you didn't. Uh, he got out and said, uh, 
y'all seen how I race? That's how I do things. You know, I'm, I, I, you know, in this situation, that's what I'm gonna do every time. And these are the these are the uh, the, the decision and the dilemmas that drivers face. He yeah. said, "This is what I'm going to do." Now he has basically raced his entire career with targets on his back. I mean, people have been after to, him and have got him back. Push, push, for the longest time, he was a push around. You yeah. Know, he was a guy everybody would push around and say, yeah, he ain't going to do nothing. Well, he got tired of it. Yeah. You know, and he started pushing back a little bit. Yeah. And and I think he still has – I think that that experience has created the Joey Logano that we see today, the driver that we have in Joey today that doesn't mind to push a guy the way. Hell, I've been pushed around all my career the way he feels. I'm not going to be that guy anymore. I'm going to be the guy doing the pushing, right or wrong. That's just who he's become on the racetrack. So I agree with what he said. You know how I race. That's how I race. That's how I'm going to, going to race you every time. Be ready. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Man, so much fun. Interesting seeing both sides of it. Joey Logano being in the final four is good for everybody. I mean, like that'll that's, be that'll be a fun final four already. That's what RC would say. Man, yeah. that's good for everybody. Well, it, it would be because yeah. I think that he's, you know, I think he's got to be a little hungry. He hasn't been one of these people people are talking yeah. about all year long, and now he's got now he's in the final four. This is what our coming off ready. a bad year last year. Uh, you know, and he's got TJ yeah, he in have, his ear. Yep. that's got to be annoying. So you got to be able to uh, <laughs> put all that aside. One of the other things too, man, <laughs> I thought was interesting. Roger Penske. Roger Penske. Oh, yeah, what, yeah, what was that about? So that... after the race, somebody told Roger Penske what Martin said, and Roger said, "Well, Martin knows better being a race car driver. That was probably the nicest shot he could expect to get at a race like this." Saying, you know, he said Martin should be ashamed of saying that, being the race car driver he is, and that that is the easiest shot that he could expect in a moment like that. Right. That he got handled with kid gloves. Yeah, he was protected in a way. But. Man, you know where I'm going. Yeah, I do. <laughs> do you remember Mid Ohio? Junior Motorsports? Oh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> Pushing that 22 car out of the way in the last corner? Yes. Yeah. You remember what Roger said about that? Yeah, uh, no, no. I will never hire a driver that would win a race oh, that way. Oh, that's what he said. He said. That's he right. I'd never hire a driver that would win a race that way. So, <laughs> all right. That's a good point. Yeah. So think about that. It's just like, and this is a lesson for all of us. It's just like the race the race fans. It depends on who's doing it. Sure. If it's your favorite driver, boy, you're all for it. If your favorite driver's getting bumped out of the way, it's chicken Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. Hate it. Hate it. Yeah. Do you love Even Super if you're race? Roger freaking Pinsky. Right. He, he can have different <laughs> he, can, he can make an emotional opinion about yes. something. <laughs> Even Roger hey, Pinsky's a race fan, yeah. too. Just of course. Like, you know, no, it's true. It yeah. all depends on how, how you turned out. That's right. You know, people ask us, do you love restrictor plate racing? Well, did we win or did yeah. we not? That that will solely determine on, what the I've, answer is. I've, I've been on that side of it, too, man, watching my late models race. Yeah. You know, boy, yeah. there's been some things where I thought, God dang, that, that we got screwed. But when we're winning, nah, we ain't get screwed. Right. I don't yeah. care what happened to the rest of them people. Everything's great. You know, oh, that's bad. You know. And so. that's why I think that the source of the boos were more about that. It yeah. was more about the situation more than – I don't think those boos uh, it w- was a response to dirty racing. I think it was a response to Joey Logano yeah. winning the race other than Martin Truex. I watched – if I forget about Martin racing clean – which every driver out there pretty much raced most everybody clean all day long. There was times. Right. The two-car Keselowski a couple times, he'd get up to guys, get to their bumper, and just kind of lightly shove them up the track. It's, that's not dirty. That's exactly what you have to do and can do and should do. It's totally okay. You're not going to go down the corner and blast Keselowski for doing that. I mean, he's faster. All right? I saw that all day long from all kinds of guys. And But if you if you forget everything that happened in that race and just watch Joey in, on repeat. Watch Joey's move over and over and over and over on repeat. 
All you see Joey do is give him just enough of a shove to get him up off the bottom. Right. That's yep. it. He didn't keep hitting him. He nope. didn't drive him in the fence. Nope. I mean, they did have a lot of contact after that. But that was just <laughs> – Which was awesome. That's because Martin was trying to stay in the gas and just yeah, get, that get was to just the guys, That wasn't Joey that was wrecking bur- him. Yeah, that was just burnouts happening and cars out of control. <laughs> you know. But just forgetting about everything that happened in the moments leading up to it and just watching Joey's move over and over and on repeat, it really just looked like a lot of other things I saw all day long. Hmm. And I thought, again, you know, Joey could have fenced that 78, cost him dozens of points, and Martin ended up losing the race. It sucks. No clock. No short track win still, and you know, but he did finish third. He gets and to come out of there. Position. Great, great situation points wise. And I'm telling, he's going to calm down. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see. Um, good stuff from Martinsville. Anything else from the weekend that we need to cover? I can't think of anything per- personally. <laughs> what else matters after that? No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anybody at their water cooler talking about Johnny Sauter winning or you know oh, or dang. Z- you know, or yeah. uh, sorry, Johnny, I love you, brother, but yeah. but you know, or or Clint Boyer's bad day and that move in the corner with with Jimmy and Suarez, but everybody's yeah. talking about this the big deal. I thought, yeah, it's a good race. Um, just the only thing is, I'm sad it's gonna be a while before we go back. Mm. I know, I love that place. We need a few more Martinsville. There was so, open up that can of worms. I, there were so many moments during the weekend where I wished I was out there. That's the, that's one of the ones where I really miss it. Yeah, you were so good there, too. Even before you won, there were some really good, memorable races that you had at Martinsville, and you were top five in them a lot. But, you know, the one that I just will never forget is where you were just torn up all over the place. Fender missing. You got into it. You you got back on the lead lap, raced all the way back through it, only to get wrecked by Newman again, and then you went back and you still finished fourth. One of the just an incredible race. Uh, I think that hole in tricks, his car helped him. Cool that right front tire. Well, you brought up really, that point on the so? broadcast. I tried, I tried to bring it up you over, tried to, and over and over. No, you did, and that, and I think that the uh, point was well taken. Is that it actually can be a benefit if it can cool your brakes, right? And actually keeps the temperature out of the tire. tire gotcha. Okay. Keeps the tire working. The right front tire keeping the temp out of it keeps it working better on the long. Really pays off on the long run, which you saw. Martin was the best car on, on the, the long, long run. run. In, in what way is it temperature or is it blowing off temperature? Yeah, because the temperature gets so hot and it blows that tire up, and the right front gets hot and the grip goes away in the heat. Lose the heat causes some grip loss. Plus the you know the air pressure blow up, the brakes heating the wheel, the tire. There's just a lot of things happening there. So having extra air on that tire brings the temp down, brings the speed up. Yeah, it would awesome. keep. It would really keep that. <laughs> It would really keep it that tire pristine. Yeah. Oh, good heavens. What, <laughs> what a segue. I saw the hole, and it wasn't the perfect situation, but it damn sure wasn't hurting things. Um, All right. Well, we got a <laughs> ad read. I think y'all just might have heard the, the clue the attempt, that one was coming. The attempt of a segue, attempt, creative yeah. segue. This week, pristine is back again. Yep. That, that excite, I mean, <laughs> you guys happy about that? We yeah, are. I'm we happy are. about it. I oh love God. pristine. I'm on it now every week. All right. Are you? Yes, I am. All right. What's your experience been like? So far, I have not uh, won anything. Yeah. But I will. That's a great sales I'm, pitch. No, it's not a good sales pitch. Right. But at least, hey, just like my dad's uh, moniker that, when he that, tried because he wasn't a good racer, it was we try hard. That'll and crash. I'm going to keep the, on damn trying. That'll crash That's their servers. Crash the servers. Yeah. yeah. They want to crash. They're going to flood in right now. Well, I, I love Pristine Auction, and uh, it's an online sports auction site where you can bid on and win authentic sports memorabilia from the comfort of your own home. And they offer daily auctions where all bids start at just one buck. Mm. So pretty simple. 
jump on in there and get in the middle of the bidding and hopefully you can win something cheap. That's where Dillner misses out on these uh, online auctions. He thinks that they end at one buck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that cheap. There's well, no, yeah, I am. There's no waiting, so hurry over and check it out now. In addition to the daily auction, they also have several other formats, including a 10-minute auction, which is a lot of fun, so it's real fast. Rapid fire items pop up just for 10 minutes, then they're gone. Something new will pop back up. So if you're in a hurry, you can still get your bid on. Some of these deals are uh, pretty insane. There's a Rick Mears signed 8x10 on there right now. Is that what you were going for, Dillner? No, I was, I'm was. i actually got my eye right now on a, because <laughs> I'm a dork, this uh, uh, Steve Payne Super Modified. I never thought I'd see a Super Modified yep. autograph something on there. That's obscure. So it's not just cup stuff and, and IndyCar stuff, but I thought that was kind of cool. It makes That's me cool. want to bid on it. Yeah, well, if you're a Rick Mears fan, too, he's got 8x10 signed, posing by his race car, starting at a buck. Mm. So, I mean, that's definitely worth more than a buck. Heck yeah. They guarantee the authenticity of all their items, and everything you purchase comes fully authenticated. <laughs> you, you nailed it, man. I did. You nailed it. Authenticated by only the most trusted sources. I've signed for these guys. I know they're the real deal. They've been back over and over and over again to support this uh, podcast. So, when you go register, make sure you drop down from the drop down menu, select Dell Junior Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That lets them know that we're the ones that sent you over there. So go check it out, pristineauctions.com. You'll be hooked. It's free to register, free to bid, and only uh, you're only paying for the items you win. There you go. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. They're the best. Hey, that's right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Driven Again, man. We had this awesome oh. We have this awesome foundation. <laughs> it's actually called the Dale Jr. Foundation. Every year we have an event. Live auction, silent auction. We have a comedian come in. Uh, Preacher Lawson was the comedian this year. He was a freaking hilarious. Yep. And I uh, got to talk, chat with him just a little bit before the show. Pretty cool guy. And uh, we had some kids. Yes. Uh, we had four kids with several of the different partners that we work with. See, we work with 80 different charities on, on a one-on-one level. Uh, monetarily or, or through auction items and so forth, we deal with around 300 different charities per year. But there were four kids from various programs and and charitable organizations that we worked with that came and did like a talent show Mm -hmm. style format and so we had some singing dancing doing poetry and so forth pretty moving stuff oh it's incredible standing ovations for every one of them well we had a lot of fun raised a lot of money it's something we do every year we do it downtown at the fillmore in charlotte i had this was probably my my favorite event that we've done we've i don't know how many we've done there probably six or Eight. Yeah, well, I, I don't know how many at this point, but this one was the first time we've had this type of thing. I think the idea kind of came from uh, Truex's That's right. uh, yeah. charity Catwalk event. for a cause. Yeah, where they actually have kids uh, perform, the people that are, uh, you know, where the money's going to. And it really is a moving experience to see these kids overcome what they have going on. And I'm telling you, you know, one of these kids at the uh, event Thursday night, you know, She's had her body's riddled with tumors and she's overcome. She's 12, 13 years old. She had the voice of an angel, Dillner. She had the voice of an angel. She was incredible how awesome she was and the courage these kids have yep. to get up there in front of what, four or 500 people, maybe? Um, you know, it's an intimidating room. They knocked it out of the park. They killed it. And there was a kid, a 14 year old kid, I think, that came from Camp Luck um, that Wade Jackson here started. And he wrote his own. I don't even want to call it a rap. I'll call it one of those musical poems. Uh, okay. He called it a parody. A pa- okay. And he wrote it. And it was long. It was lengthy. And it was about his story 
about and, and and it was amazing that he performed this thing and wrote it and performed it and just uh, it just it is just was really good moment very impactful standing ovations we'd still be standing if this thing was going on I mean these kids just got up there and just killed it and that was the highlight for me I know that preacher Lawson was fantastic and all but those kids performing was amazing yeah I think for everybody that the performance of the kids was a highlight. A lot of fun, great event. Happens every year. Uh, we try to keep everybody posted on, uh, you know, what's happening and or what the foundation. I know we have a lot of people that probably listen to this podcast to support our foundation throughout the year with the Corvette raffle, the ride-alongs. So we try to keep you guys up to date on things we got going on. We had that event. It was a lot of fun. What was your favorite part of it? I wasn't at it, and I just heard from Mike about some of these the things. I think definitely the kids was the best part. By far, for everybody. The fact that they would come in there and perform in front of all those people, considering the struggles that they faced individually, was just uh, hit home. Yeah. Kind of. It, it, we've had a hard time, I think, over the years trying to tell the story of what the foundation does, all the things that it's involved in, and where the money goes. And I think that that did a great job of doing that. We usually put together a video, and we decided to scrap the video this year and try to try to have the kids there and. And the kids could tell their story, where they're from, what organization they worked, they've worked with, where how they've benefited from it, and so that to me is better than me trying to tell that story, yeah, or Kelly trying to tell that story. And um, I love too that my sister is such a big part of it. Uh, she spends most of the night on stage, sort of describing, doing all the house cleaning, and telling everybody what we're what we've been up to and so forth. I love that because the foundation for me is about our is about us as a whole. You know, Junior Motorsports, and we got a great staff. It's about them. Um, it has my name on it, but um, obviously, uh, we got a lot of people here that do a lot of legwork for it. So it's fun to have have them up there, getting their recognition and people seeing them and understanding who's involved in this program and this foundation. Anyway, good stuff. It was. It was. Let's throw it to an Exalta Race Center update. We'll be right back. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. Sunday, the Cup Series provided fans with a barn burner at Virginia's Martinsville Speedway. Martin Truex Jr. and Joey Logano battled door-to-door in the last handful of laps. The two made contact on the final corner and traded paint across the finish line with Logano taking the dramatic win. The W locks the Connecticut native into the Final Four Championship weekend in Miami. Kyle Busch's fourth-place effort keeps him 21 points to the good on second-place Martin Truex Jr. in the playoff standings, with Kevin Harvick in third. On Saturday, Johnny Sauter got out the broom and swept the stages and took the win in the Truck Series race at Martinsville. The dominating victory puts the 2016 Series champion into the Final Four in Homestead. Saddle up. This week, all three of NASCAR's Big Three Series gallop into Texas Motor Speedway for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday throwdown. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on our great partner, Exalta, please visit ExaltaCS.com. Dale Jr., you know, it's been a couple weeks since you took ownership of your Silverado, and I know that, you know, any true-blooded American man wants to know what this 2019 (laughs) Silverado looks like and what's it drive like. Have you been uh, enjoying it at all? Is that really how you talk? This had nothing to do about how I talk. <laughs> it had to do about the facts of the situation. Red-blooded American man. Heck yeah, man. He's, I mean, he's, 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 he's uh, trying to get a Silverado commercial. Like and, some, He's going to be the, the and of course today's like Chevrolet. That. Of course that's the way I talk. Yeah. It is the way I talk. Oh, you're trying, to get, Davis. You're trying to get some rock. You're trying to get some VO work. 
<laughs> Chevrolet. Is that that was a VO like material? A rock. Every red blood male loves this car. You know, you sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, let's talk about that Silverado. I'm excited yeah. about this. So I've I've drove Chevrolets all my life, yeah. but I have not bought a truck in ten years, twelve years. I have a red, big red. I have big red at the house. It's a 04 or an 06, but it's it's my truck. I bought it back then, brand new. I've had it ever since. I don't even think it got that much my, many miles on it, but I'm thinking about selling it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tra- train whistle too. It's got a train horn, not a whistle. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's a horn. Difference. <laughs> I guess. I, you know, I don't know my train what, horns. Uh, whistle's what, like. Yeah. What kind of wimpy, train? Man? Has That's a like whistle. Thomas the Train. Uh, well, what I'm does talking, a train horn sound like? It's loud as. <laughs> All right, it, and the train whistle's not. You ever okay, heard a train it. come through? You know, the I was—I just kind of assumed that's the whistle. No, no. Is I it thought it sounded like a thing. whistle. Well, you know, look, I, I don't oh, know that. It, you know, horns sound different too. So it's got a train horn. Well, Sorry, I stand corrected. Make sure we don't get that wrong. Yeah. All right. So anyhow, <laughs> this truck that I've had forever has a train horn in the bed of it, and uh, it's awesome. Air—you got to—you got to run this air pump to pump it up to give it enough pressure <laughs> to make its noise. Top it's five yeah, redneck things big, of all, all time. Because it's a big release of air is all the, the train horn is. The new truck doesn't have that. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. I, let me tell you why I'm buying a new truck. All so right. I went to Texas when they unveiled the Silverado, the new one. All right. And I'll be honest, for me, I haven't bought a new truck because I I wouldn't, I wouldn't, head, I wouldn't head over heels with the way they looked. I really wasn't. I mean, they're, Chevy was a good looking truck, but it just... I don't know. It didn't turn me on as much. Not enough to buy one. So, anyways, I go to the unveil of the 2019 in Texas. And this was a while ago. Mm-hmm. They helicoptered this truck in mm-hmm. for everybody to see. I had uh, on display, they had a bunch of old Chevy trucks. And I had mine there. I had an S10 and I had a 48 pickup truck parked in this lot with about 150 other old trucks. And all the owners of those trucks were there. And everybody's watching this new Silverado come in and be dropped on the ground in front of all of us and drove up. Like a god. Yeah, it came from the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It, it emerged from, from the It was clouds. as if it was, yeah, if it was a delivered Davis's from the voice. Lord. Yeah. This pickup truck here came comes from the sky. The Silverado the emerges. <laughs> the, sky, <laughs> the sky's opened. Yeah. So, anyways, when I saw this truck, I. It will be mine. Yeah. Yes, it will be when mine. When I saw this truck, I, <laughs> when I saw this truck, I said to myself, I'm buying one. I'm getting one of these. It has the body character lines that I like. This is exactly what I felt like was missing from the previous models. Mm. This truck is a beautiful-looking truck. And I love the four-door, full-size cab. Got to have it. With a short bed. Yep. The ability to haul a good group of people mm-hmm. in comfort in the back, for me, was important. So, yeah, I ponied up, and I went out to uh, the dealership in Tallahassee and put an order in and bought a 19... 19- Silverado. I could have gotten one for free from Chevrolet because I have a deal with Chevrolet and my PSA that there's a couple cars that we get. I decided that I don't want to do that. I want to own this truck. I'm going to keep this truck. It's my truck. And so I'm excited about it. I drove it today over here. I drive it everywhere. You just hit on it. A man in his truck, even a woman in her truck. It's your truck. I mean, there's something sacred about that. It's connection. It's the same yeah. thing as mine. And to be honest with you, I'm the same way. I got a full-size Silverado because I got kids. My kids, 
they, they don't need to be crammed in there. Yep. They got to have their space. And so, yep, you give up, uh, you, you get a little bit more room in the cab. That way, you get, uh, you give up a little yeah. bit of room in the bed. But I've never had a problem hauling stuff in that stuff in that truck. Yeah. And uh, now I'm jealous. The 2019 looks sharp. Yeah. Oh does. my gosh. It's completely different than the other, last year's model or this year's model. The thing about it is, is that like in the 2000s and and so forth, even up till a few years ago, I was just driving a lot of different stuff. You know, yep. and I was buying different cars. If I like this, I like that. I buy it and I drive it for a couple of years and sell it. I'm done. Done with that. This truck's going. I'm. Gonna, I'm sticking with this truck. You got to keep it. You keep it for a long I time. I changed my mind. Yeah, I've, I've made up my mind that I'm slowing way down on my buying. I'm gonna pick up on my selling, and this truck's gonna be my mainstay. This truck's gonna be my daily. Yeah. People ask me all the time, "Well, you drive every day?" Well, I got about three or four different cars I drive. Now I'm gonna tell them it's a truck. It's a Silverado. That's what I drive. So you say you're going to sell the Big Red, huh? The Big Red, I, big, want, big I want to sell it. The Big Red has been sitting in my garage and in storage for a long, long time. And I've gotten it out a few times and drove it. I love it. It's big. It's obnoxious. I put <laughs> I put a body kit on it uh, to make it look like an off-road truck. It's just... Uh, are you going to take the horn from it before no, you sell horn, it? No. Leaving the horn. Leaving the horn. Yeah, You're not it, putting it on the new red truck. That no. truck doesn't represent you where you are in your life today. It, it represents where you were in your life back <laughs> yeah. when you got it. Sleeping baby in a horn doesn't <laughs> like that. Don't mix. I'd love to, I would love to put the train horn on the new truck, but <laughs> no. Amy, is gonna want to, Amy ain't going to want to give up a third of the truck bed for this train horn. Oh, it's, it's, a big big? Ass, hell, it's a big ass horn. <laughs> <laughs> it's loud as hell. Now, you ain't thinking about selling the 48, are you? No, I'm Oof, keeping 48. Good. Yeah, don't but, sell that damn but thing. But I, for I did park the 48 for the winter, so I'm serious, man. I'm me and this Silverado going to do some bonding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, other news this week. Uh, they actually got to tell you on your Wednesday with Dale that your book, Racing to the Finish, landed on the New York Times bestsellers list. Now, listen, this is the thing that a lot of people are not recognizing here: is that Dale Jr. has had two books in his life. Both of which have landed on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah. The first book, Driver Number 8, that we held, uh, wrote with Jade Gersh, made it to the New York Times. And, uh, yeah, Racing to the Finish with McGee has made it. Yeah. And I'm excited, uh, happy. I don't really know exactly what that means other than it's it's very prestigious for a book. Like, it's hard, 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 hard thing to do, yeah. accomplish, to get on that list. And when you do write a book... You realize something that you did not know, and that is how many damn people are writing books. Oh, there are the so truth. many freaking books being <laughs> released every single day, and they're good. Yeah, and they're by and they're and you hear about these like we we're with this the publisher we're with is releasing a lot of books all the time, and I hear these names and these stories, and I'm like, wow, this really makes making that list that New York Times bestseller list more impressive for me is the competition. Mm-hmm. That we're up against the quality and and material in these books that are being that we're up against is uh makes me feel even better about it. There's nothing to so when we make this list. So this book is my fear is that this book won't get read. My fear is that the people that need to read this book won't read this book. Just like when you write the book, you're scared, man. I'm gonna leave something out that that needs to be in there. And, and well, when you get the book done, now you're scared that the right person's not gonna read it or someone that needs help that could get help through the book is not going to get it. And when we make the New York Times bestseller list, now that shoots our book into the stratosphere as far as its advertising. Absolutely. And and who will see it, where it'll be seen. It moves from one aisle in the bookstore 
to the bestseller list aisle. Yeah. Even if only for a few weeks or whatever, right? And also, we'll have another printing well, that'll have that bestseller logo right on the cover. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that are book fans that will recognize that and pick that book up. Yeah. And they don't I, even have to be Junior Nation right. or even have to suffer the concussion. That's the, well, that's the person that I want to read this book. I, I'm so glad that Junior Nation loves it, and they're I'm so glad they're reading it. But I want the person that doesn't even know who I am or doesn't even know anything about racing to read it. Right. Those are the people that are going to help this book, you know, spread in notoriety. So... That's that's 100%. Yeah. yeah. How'd you do in English as a kid? I made it through. I mean, you made it through, but yeah. like if I was a damn two-time <laughs> New York Times best-selling, I'd be like, how "Hey, I English did, teacher from 7th grade." You ask you're asking me how I did on English and you've heard me broadcast. So you know <laughs> That was your answer. You heard him go through that pristine auction uh, yeah. read, didn't you? Yeah. Well, you know, authenticated funner funner. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right. You know what? We're going to try something new. We're going to try doing an Ask Junior li- uh, live segment dun, on dun, dun, dun. YouTube. It's time for Ask Junior. I got a question. Oh, yeah. Your questions, your questions for Dale Junior. Live on YouTube. Ask Junior. Presented by Nationwide. Ready, Dillner? We, do, we do have one uh, here um, that right. we can ask already. Uh, Dale, uh, Daniel. I'm a little nervous that we're leaving it up to Matthew to pick the questions we're going to answer. Funny, funny, funny. So, all right, here we go. All year it's been decent. It's been, All well, year? Up until the last two weeks when you're giving me junk. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right, Dylan. All right. Daniel Anderson wants to know, uh, suppose your driving career is kicking off today. The numbers 3, 8, and 88 aren't available. What other number do you hold special yeah, significance now we're talking. <laughs> to and that you'd like yeah. to see yourself run? Well, I ran 08 on my street stock. That's right. And uh, 03. So our, the first street stock that we built me and Carrie shared, and the number on that was a 08. And then I built my own car, and I was 03. So, and I was also the same number in some of my go kart races, you know, way back when I was 12. So I, I think that 08 or 03, even though I know O O anything isn't really no very popular. No, no, no. I'd I'd probably do it just because that. Just because you'd be really kind of paving the way for that number, it probably wouldn't have a lot of history, you know. So you'd be creating the not good enough. You'd be crazy. Well, I just I, you'd be that's starting the legacy from scratch. It feels a little like that's a, a, an easy way out. Just assume the no, the numerals three and the numeral eight were not a like. Oh, you, you think that's too easy to say? Oh, yeah. No three. It's like sure. I'd take four O's and an eight, <laughs> and it's like I mean, come on. Can you branch out to okay to numbers that do not have the three or eight in it? All right, some numbers that I like. I don't have any uh, seventeen. My granddaddy uh, Robert G built cars in this in the 70s that ran at dirt tracks and all over really snowball derby metrolina speedway concord and um, Darrell waltrip drove for him my dad drove for him a lot of the guys did as well and he had an orange and white 17 that had a blue 17 on it and i loved love mm-hmm. that paint scheme so i'd probably run that number that's a good answer you know, hayward plyler 17 I think that's why me and Matt might have been as good of friends as we were. <laughs> me and Matt were, would have been good friends anyways, but we were even better friends because he had one of those cool numbers. That's funny. <laughs> Boy, you would have hated him if he had a bad number. I mean, like, there's no even point in being friends with him. Yeah. What is a bad number? What though? is a bad number? Okay, let's think about that. What's a bad number? Um, anything in the 60s is kind of, like 62, 68, those are kind of, eh. 99. 
You like? I, don't I always like thought that. 99 was kind of no, strong. No, it tough. isn't. It's actually because I'm a big college football fan, and when they put the number 99 on the kickers, and they do that too many times, that's annoying. That's that why is you don't so. Like it. It's so annoying, and and I I, I attribute. I'm anybody afraid that has to say what numbers might are kind of underwhelming is because it might offend someone. Because I'm probably thinking, oh, right. not really thinking about a, someone who ran that number was right. actually a pretty cool person, right? But like 87, 87. Ooh, that's that's kinda, a Nemechek. Uh, Name a check. It's kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dorky looking. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's. let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Joe. sorry, front row, Joe. Yeah. Uh, Forty-six. Oh, oh, that's cold tricklish. That's kind of cool. Oh, you like it because I don't like that. That's the only reason. If it was like fluorescent or oh, uh, green and yellow, so it'd be okay. This is so good. Forty. Can, can, can Rain Man? Can Rain Man for car numbers in history and the ultimate short track guy find a number? And then we're not going to do this, to play today, this all the time. That, that, that you di- that you can't go attribute. We're going to spend the whole time on this. No, no, we're not numbers. But I'm saying is one you, question. Like it's a lottery. There, there is no way. There's so many can, people sitting on there right now thinking I got a better question. They just let me ask. Ask it. But how good of a startup question that Dylan chose Great that we're already, uh, yeah, well, we're talking I, about. I did something good. <laughs> He's so happy. Sh- shut it down now. Yes. <laughs> Done. That's over. the end of the segment. It's over. <laughs> I'm, I'm back, baby. All right. Uh, Michael Taylor. I like this question. Uh-oh. The, the doom. No. The ultimate doom of Going a question. Going for two for two right here. <laughs> Have you ever turned a lap at North Wilkesboro Speedway? Yeah. I raced uh, in a late model race at North Wilkesboro Speedway in 1994. It was a companion event with the Cup Series, so we raced on Saturday. I crashed. I just kind of started racing late models that year. I'd only ran street stocks the year before, so I didn't really have a whole lot of driving experience and probably didn't need to be there, but it was pretty awesome. All right, Todd Bradshaw and Austin Duggar both have this question. Uh, Are you looking forward to the new Wives show now that you've seen the official trailer? Yeah. The trailer came out. (laughs) I'm very, very excited about this show. So me and... uh, Amy, Amy particularly, she watches a lot of the Housewives show. And if it's anything like that, I think it'll be pretty entertaining. Even the fact that I know some of the people that are in it, like I've been around them or met them and know, you know, Samantha and those folks at the racetrack, it makes it even, I don't know, cooler for me. I was a little disappointed that Denny's girlfriend bowed out or whatever happened. That She was in the pilot, I think, and they decided not to be a part of it eventually. But I was kind of hoping that we'd get to see kind of what, what their lifestyle is like or what Denny's like. Did that trailer live up to your expectations? Because you had high expectations already. Did you watch the trailer? Yeah. The trailer told me nothing about the show, really. What? I didn't like About it. the conflict thing with the monster girls and... It, and conflict? Yeah, well, you know, you don't want to get on Samantha Bush's bad side. That's kind of fabricated BS right I, there. I'm, I'm, I felt like that was definitely fabricated. Um, yeah, I think that'll be interesting, really, to see what's real and what's what's kind of fabricated or scripted kind of being at the track and being around all those people, I don't think that that, I don't think the trailer told me much about the show. Told me enough that I didn't like. I, frankly, and was there not even a little bit about you that was embarrassed for the sport? Nope. God. I, I don't. I'm not. But I'm not this into those not wives shows. It's not, a, I'm not into the wives shows, so I guess that this, there's a there's a specific niche audience for that kind of thing, yeah. and it's a very big audience. I get it. I was watching that stuff, and I'm like, God. I mean, like, it didn't leave me. Yeah. It just kind of left me with a kind of It doesn't feeling. bother me. I feel like there's not, for so for our sport, there's not just one kind of fan. There's not just. That's true. Our fan is not a mustached uh, <laughs> industry or blue-collar worker. Die-cast carrying. 6'2". Right. Yeah. 
Right, tattooed. Right. Yeah. I got you. We don't have a sport that has a typical fan. We There are people that will like this show. There, will people, there, will, there are people that may not even watch racing that might like this show. And in some way, I have a feeling that it's definitely going to, uh, if it works, I mean, if it's popular, it could be a big positive for the sport. There was something that, what's Austin Dillon's wife's name? I think it was her that said it. She says a line in this trailer that's like, you know, I think I am the first one to introduce sort of a, a, the the monster energy girl type model into. Uh, I mean, the Miss Winston Day is that one? I'm a like, lot. please. <laughs> no, you're not no. the one to introduce that. You're not the pioneer. All. Not even close. Wh- Whitney. Yeah. You are not. No, Whitney. Yeah, yeah, Whitney. Is it Whitney. Whitney, yeah. you're, uh, you're not the first one. Now, not I don't know if that was something that they put, put in the trailer just to kind of ratchet up the drama or whatnot. The Raymond but. Parks. Okay, the trailer, <laughs> the trailer cannot be boring. And so, yeah, I think the trailer is definitely going to be um, juiced up a little bit. I'm looking forward to it, man. And if it creates some drama... Even better if it creates if it gives if it gets people riled up like you, Mike. Even better. <laughs> That's true. Even better. I'm bored. I'm bored. <laughs> bored. All right, damn it. I'm bored, and I I just want to watch some bra- drama happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> well, good question there. All right, Grady Long wants to know on the uh, YouTube live Ask Junior chat here. Dale, are you going to watch the new Bowman Gray Stadium show debuting tonight on the Discovery Channel? Because mm. I know why. I need to set my DVR. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. I'm going to put that on my calendar, man. D- that's true. Race night at Bowman now, Gray. D- Dale Jr. And is I, it really? Is it so similar to the old show that was on the History Channel? Um, I think it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be different in the way it, things are set up. There's going to be no fake radio show, and those of you old fans of that that really knew that was fake. Yeah, um, but th- that, that wasn't what made the show. We were big fans of the last show. Yeah, uh, what was it called? Madhouse. Uh, yeah, the Myers boys are on it. John yeah. Boy's back. John Boy wasn't ba- uh, back at the beginning, but he got his way on that show midway through. John he's a, Boy, I remember John him. Boy. What's it? Jonathan Brown, Jonathan Brown style. Brown. Hashtag Brown is, style. Is, is, Tim, is Tim Brown? In Tim it? Brown's on there. Can you could rest sure he'll be throwing something and getting all pissed off at some point. So all right, I said it. It'll I be put on. it on my calendar. I was I heard it was coming back. I didn't know it was coming back so soon. Yeah, I was a huge fan of the Madhouse show that Bowman Gray. Don't know why that History Channel didn't pick up a second season, but I'm hoping that you know this Discovery Channel show hits and we'll get to see it. You know, for more than one year. I like this question. Uh, Grothaus, it might be German, our buddy Martin might know this. Um, <laughs> I'm from Kentucky, and you have clearly displayed your displeasure <laughs> for the race at Kentucky this year. I think we all have. Uh, what do you think, though, they could do to make it better? Well, they've changed the rules. They that's, got what, a, that's what they're doing. Yeah, they got a 2019 rule package coming in that might improve the racing. Might. Might. Uh, I don't think any of us know for sure what it's going to do. I don't think anybody knows exactly what the racing is going to do. So I'm not going to sit here and try to tell somebody something that I don't know. But I think it will improve the racing. I, I don't think you can make it worse mm. at Kentucky. The track, the repays, man, they're just so hard. I mean, they're just, they, they are what they are. They're just not going to be amazing. You know, you have to be patient, wait for that asphalt to age. And But I think this new package coming could be uh, interesting. Uh, it'll be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be it interesting. It can't hurt. No, it can't hurt. Brian Callahan chiming in on YouTube Live. Dale, we know you're a GM guy, and we just talked about your Silverado, but he wants to know what non-GM race car do you think was the best looking, and and also give him the best GM race car of all time. Uh, The Buick Grand National was awesome, so the Buick Regal. Um, Begins with an L, as I thought was going to be your answer. What? Laguna. That's a Chevy. 
Yeah, and it's a GM one and a non-GM. Oh. Uh, the Laguna is probably my favorite Chevro- Chevrolet. The Laguna ran in 76 and 77 and 78. The um, Oldsmobile 442 is probably my second favorite non-GM, or my first favorite non-GM, than the, the Buick Grand National or, or Regal. Beautiful cars, man. All right, uh, Brandon uh, wants to know, I'm from Kansas City. I've seen this guy on Twitter before. What's up, man? Uh, I'm from Kansas City, and you know we're the barbecue <laughs> masters. What is your favorite barbecue joint in the Midwest? I don't know. You know, I mean, I've, I don't live there. I don't go to enough of them to have a favorite. I, I'm sure that I'm, if I said Oklahoma Joe's or, or Jack Stacks or what the hell ever, <laughs> somebody's going to come on I here and say, no, you got to go to blowing over there. So I'm not going <laughs> to say what one is. There's, a, there's so damn many good ones. I just hope to be able to go to them. Well, I got a list in my phone of barbecue uh, restaurants that I hope to frequent, and I'm checking them off one at a time. I hope you put that one in there that I told you in Kansas. See, City. there you go. There you, is. you are just like every other guy out there. Telling you gotta you, go to Jimmy Dobber. <laughs> so, damn it! Who else has got one? Uh, come on, chime in. Mike, Somebody, you got Mike, one. You got I need one. to go to. Don't answer wrong either. Yeah. But I'm about to tell you. No, I, <laughs> I, I t- now if I tell you, and then you really stir them up, I tell you that Kansas barbecue ain't the best. <laughs> oh. oh. I'd say Kansas and Texas is my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, Carolina, I live here and I love it more than the anything. Vinegar base just doesn't, I do just not doesn't like do it. For yeah. me. I like yeah. it. It's I'm, just like Chicago pizza. It's not my I, favorite, but I respect it. I cannot it. stand pulled pork. I just See, I, I'm a brisket or ribs yeah. guy. I'm a brisket, ribs, burnt ends, stuff like that. I need chunks of meat, not like shred, shredded. shredded meat. Ugh. You done smoke pit around here? Uh, what are you talking about? Smoke pit around here, Concord, See, you know, you uh, Salisbury. No Dude, look at me. I'm a fat guy. I love barbecue. I know, but hey, speaking of, we fat gotta get guy, you up to speed. Hey, nice picture I saw of you on Twitter uh, back in the days when you looked like you were about <laughs> a stiff wind would have blown you over. <laughs> Back when I was yeah. thin, man. Nice. I, I don't have many uh, pictures around your old man. That was kind of cool. My my buddy actually had that on his desk. Y'all, for we are live on years. YouTube. Can we get back to what we're doing here? We got all these people waiting here. <laughs> they, they, they're they're this, fine. They ain't going nowhere. No, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> I just so lost rude. the question that I was going to do. Yeah, because uh, you're jibber jabbering. You're about jibbering your jabbering about her. You're, you're fine. You're fine. Dylan, you got another one? Yes. Uh, does Dale Jr. have any motorcycle stories? <laughs> yeah, actually, I do. I you do. Yeah. I mean, there might not be great motorcycle stories, <laughs> but I got stories. Average stories. Dad bought a brand new Yamaha dirt bike. Brand new in 1980. And he would run this thing up and down the road. I remember when I first went to move in with him in 81, I remember him running it up and down the drive or the road. We had we lived on a dead-end road. He ran, ran on this motorcycle, right? Brand new, white, you know, just basic as hell. And it had a spoke rear, front and rear tire on it like a metal spoke, old school. When I turned 16, I had my old S10 pickup truck, and Dad let me have it. It was old as shit, but, um, I mean, this is like 1990. By the, this, this bike's just been sitting, right? So I got it running, and I teamed up with a buddy of mine who had another motorcycle, old junk piece of crap, and we would, he knew, this buddy of mine knew around where all these little dirt, dirt bike trails were in Kannapolis and Concord, and we would spend the weekend taking our bikes and running. And, I mean, mine, the seat would fly off. If I did a jump, the seat would come off <laughs> and fly off. And these things were just falling apart. And finally, I landed and busted all the spokes out of the rear tire. And just, <laughs> I didn't know how to fix that. So, I brought it home. And Dad was a little t- PO'd. But I'm like, Dad, it's so damn old. It's like 11 years old. <laughs> it's bound to fall apart. 
Yeah, sitting the, there anyway. The seat wasn't even bolted on. It was just kind of unbolted and loose. Uh, but, man, I had a lot of fun riding that thing. I'd never rode a motorcycle before, so that's how I learned. Damn. Sometime around when I did the Bud deal, Budweiser yes. brought me a Buell, brand new, yes. oh yeah, painted red with all kinds of Bud logos on it. Two bad things about this, okay? Dad found out about it and hid the title. Mm. And today, we still have the motorcycle, but no title. Really? Yeah. So you, it didn't turn up? No. Dad hid the title because he didn't want me riding it, didn't want me putting a plate on it. So I never rode it on the highway. I rode up and down the driveway a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to. This thing was terrible. But what Budweiser had done to it was awful. They painted it red, and they put Budweiser logos in the paint, which is fine. But also, everywhere there was a Budweiser logo, it said, drink responsibly. <laughs> All, I so mean, if you get pulled over, you just be like, look, right here on the tank. There were, I'm good. There, they, there were like eight drink responsible <laughs> on the tank, on, the, on everything on this bike. And I'm like, this thing sucks. Ruined. Yeah, I mean, what do you see a Harley out there that said "Go the speed limit" on, yeah. the, on the side? I mean, like, <laughs> but, you know, you know, uh, don't be too loud. Yeah, uh, on the on the Harley. I mean, come right. on, what's that? That kind I, of I, I was so dis- and then we, I still have the bike. Still have it. All right, one last one here, uh, Blake <laughs> E. I, I've always wondered this. If you thought this was weird, have you ever met the guy in Martinsville? And I know he's at some other tracks too that dresses up like your old man. It's weird. I hate it's, it. Yeah, it's I weird, it man. I thought so, too. And I've always wondered what you thought about that. It's All weird. right, so there's a there's a guy that dresses up like my dad, and I've seen him at Martinsville, and there, he has a guy that comes with him that dresses up like me. Oh, yeah. really? I've never oh, seen yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And they just walk around in the grandstands. <laughs> All right, so I hate it. I've been in the race car and seen them. Really? Yeah. I've been on the racetrack in the race and seen them walking around just shaking people's hands. And <laughs> it's weird. It's a little morbid. But. I go to Vegas. I'm sorry. I go to Vegas, <laughs> and I see Elvis impersonators all over the place. I don't think right. that's right. – I, I don't get the morbid feeling from that. I take it – like, I'm an Elvis fan. That's cool, right? You know, I, I, I kind of hold in. I've never really been too vocal about it because maybe maybe not the people in this room, but maybe the fans in the grandstands think it's cool or a nod of appreciation or whatever to to Dad. I don't know. But to me, it's weird. Yeah, I tell you, you're not the only one. Now, I remember my first year with you in 2004. I don't like it. In 2004, yeah. that guy, it wasn't Martinsville. It was another racetrack, but he was right across from where the Bud Pits were. Yeah. And that's a crew that all had really close, tight relationships with your dad. Yeah. And uh, he was standing over there. And even his posture, he was trying to emulate yeah. Dale Earnhardt Sr. And I'm going to tell you something. If there wasn't a racetrack and a catch fence in between that guy and, and some of the characters on that pit crew, like Two Beer, yeah. Kevin Pinnell, yeah. they, uh, no, they would have had at it. And, and they were not happy. They were yelling at him. And so I was like, okay, so the, uh, this thing is a little – people are taking it disrespectfully. I don't think that's that guy's intentions. No. I think people in the stands, like getting their picture made with him and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think, you know, sitting there and, and standing in front of, you know, the Bud Pit and everything, it was probably a little inconsiderate. Yeah. And and then the, when the guy brought whoever his buddy was that was dressing up like me, it got even weirder. I'm like, I'm alive. I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Why are you trying to impersonate me? Yeah. yeah right, right. <laughs> it's weird. It's not even Halloween. <laughs> it's so weird. Wow, that's good. Hey, Chad Hull, uh, I just threw this in there, and I thought it was cool. Uh, with all the hype about the book, Racing to the Finish, and getting on the best sellers list, uh, what's your favorite book? Do you have a favorite book of all time? <laughs> we, we were trying Do to answer I this have a favorite Do you have book. a favorite book of all time? Yeah, we were trying to. So when I was young and getting uh, just started going to Lutheran church with uh, my dad and I got baptized, I got a book and it was uh, 
I think I was baptized when I was like seven or eight. And I got a book where the red fern grows. And I think I re- didn't read it till I was around 12 or 13. But I thought that was a great book. I know a lot of people have read it. You know, a lot of people I've never read heard of it, honestly. Where yeah. the red fern grows? Yeah. Mike, you read it in your okay. childhood, well, right? I mean, I'm sure I read it, but I definitely yeah. heard of it. I mean, I've read them all at this point. I'm, I kind of, I'm super nostalgic, so that's why I still uh, think that story is great. And like the book, reading the book for me as a as a child, it, it was an easy read, but it was one of the first books that I really wanted and liked reading. You know, when you go to school, all that, you don't like to read. You don't want to read. Uh, read this chapter, study this crap. Nobody wants to do none of that. But this was the first time I was reading something and I couldn't put it down. Mm. And so that was a cool experience. I. Uh, I read Unbroken, that movie they made. That's right. That was incredible. That was a great read. I read that book about that f- that football player, that guy that was buddies with the football player, and they fell overboard, and he survived. He floated out in the ocean. They were on like a 24-foot fishing boat, and his buddies died. You know, he, they, oh, they all fell overboard. The boat flipped overboard, and he survived, and they didn't. I read that. I've yeah. always been uh, fascinated with being lost at sea, cast away the movie, things like that. Being a castaway, Amelia Everhart, just fascinated with that stuff. So any kind of book or a read about that, I'm going to be interested in. Good stuff. All right, man. That was Ask Junior, uh, of course, presented by Nationwide. So uh, thanks, Nationwide, for all your involvement with uh, everything on the Dale Junior brand and, and especially with this podcast. All Good right. stuff. That's cool. Good for Is it white flag? Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there. White flag. All right, as we said earlier, it's a New York Times bestseller now. Go to DaleJr.com slash book. That'll get you there. Uh, or any of your local book retailers, including Walmart, Barnes & Noble, etc., to purchase Racing to the Finish, My Story by Dale Earnhardt Jr. Speaking of the book, we're going to be going to L.A. next week for a press tour. So we got a, a week or so off on that, and now we're going to get back at it. We're going to be in L.A. like Wednesday and Thursday. So everybody check DaleJr.com uh, for a list of appearances that we'll be on, putting that together still. Uh, Dale Jr. talked about his uh, Chevy truck. He's got a Chevrolet production to do this week on Wednesday. So, um, by the way, if you want a Chevy truck, I'm sure our boy Andrew DeWerf down there in Tallahassee would love to hook somebody up. So, uh, that's at uh, Dale Earnhardt Chevrolet. But, yeah, the Silverado. Dale Jr. Chevrolet. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Chevrolet. That's right. have to draw that distinction because there is a Dale Earnhardt Chevrolet. Uh, so, yeah, see Andrew. Uh, as always, Dale Jr. Download TV show airs on Thursdays on NBC Sports Network. But be aware, the shows the weeks of November 12th and November 19th will be one-hour TV shows. Oh, yeah. Just, usually just a half hour. Brian, our boy Brian's looking forward to uh, putting that one together. So, uh, one-hour shows, those are the ones right after Phoenix and right after Homestead. One-hour TV shows. Dale, finally, uh, you know we've said in here we like giving gifts and we like receiving gifts. And so, Dillner came with a gift that uh, oh. somebody wants to send you today. So, send, Richie get, Evans... Richie Evans Jr. and his uh, sister Tara, uh, the late great nine-time national modified champion Richie Evans' kids, they uh, have the original screens. They know you're a big T-shirt fan, and they got the original screens. They're not printing them for sale, and they wanted to print uh, you, me, I believe Mike, some custom uh, from the original prints Richie Evans shirts, uh, which I know you're a history fan and uh, one of the great drivers in NASCAR history. Yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, take a look at the front of these. I had this shirt when I was like... Like seven years old, I had this shirt. <laughs> stop. <laughs> shoot stop. Stop. Do it. Don't, don't. Do it. Do it. Don't no. You stop. Come on. Take that pillow down. Oh. <laughs> it didn't hurt. That hurt. No, it don't. I got a bruise. Show the front of that thing. I had that shirt when I was like six, man. That thing's cool. That's cool. Let me see this. So thank you, Richie. Thank you, Tara. That's uh, an XL. This is an XL. 
A legend. I'm awesome. A medium. NASCAR Hall of Famer. Dale Jr. needs a small these days. Good grief. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you. Who is that? Who do we thank again? The, uh, the, the, the Evans sister? family. So. Evans family. Awesome. Thank you, Evans family. Thank you, Evans family. All right. That's a good show, boys. Good job. Nice job, Dillner. Picking them questions. Dale Jr. I enjoyed it. Good seeing you, bud. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.